Hello, Lammy. Hey, Will. What's happening? Oh, you know, just went for a bit of a beach walk. Oh, God. Is, we just fucked around for about five minutes trying to get comfortable and I'm, I'm taking my <laughs> shoes off. I can't do it. Now I have to get take mine off because yours oh, are off. There we go. <laughs> are you a, like we should do a poll. Yeah. Are you a Berkey's <clears throat> or a Crocs? Oh, That's a good question okay. of the day. Yep. Berkey's or Crocs? Do you think you'll ever go Crocs? I just... <clears throat> I'm do not, you just don't? I'm just... I'm not opposed to it. You but I be. feel like my feet would get so sweaty. That's the thing that's putting me off. Oh, like the plastic? Yeah. I just... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not the absolute disgusting <laughs> design of them doesn't put you off? You actually like them? I, no. I No, but mostly like top of my no list is the sweatiness of yeah. my feet. Do you like them a little bit because like... They definitely seem to be more of a weightlifting. Yeah, thing, I think they? that I'm just used to seeing people yeah. wearing them. So maybe, but I think I'm a Berkey and sock girl. Yeah, when yeah. Roll into training. I don't really <laughs> like that either. You can't just be Berkeys. Um, yeah, so I guess there's three categories: Are yeah. you Crocs? Are you Berkeys? Are you Berkeys and socks? Yeah. Or are you too tight to buy any good footwear? Yeah. Does anyone still wear Havianas? Remember when they were oh. all the rage? You used to get the ones with little diamonds on them. They were the best. They were the best. I worked at a surf shop, so I had all of them. Oh, yeah. You've had so many different jobs. <clears throat> I know. I didn't even know that Fits. about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> surf shop. I've had lots. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, did you say you wanted to tell me a funny story? Yeah, something funny, embarrassing happened. I was listening to a different podcast and they do a, like an embarrassing story every week. And I was like, fuck yeah, I've got a good one. I was at Coles. I think it was last week. Did my grocery shop, went to the car, started backing out. And I like, oh no, I just had to roll out a little bit because I was parked in by two four wheel drives. So you know, you can't see anything. So I, there was no one behind me. Started rolling out and then I stopped to check. And this lady, I nearly ran her over, but I didn't know. I didn't see her. Um, and she came all the way up to my window and yelled at me in the car park. What did she yell? You nearly ran me over. You didn't see where it like, was going off at me. And I was like, I am so sorry. Was your window down? No, it was up, but I didn't wind it down because <laughs> she was going off. I was just like, sorry, like put my hands up. I'm so sorry. I didn't see you. And she went on for a good, like, it was like embarrassing. Like, like she people, kept going. Oh yeah. People were like looking. And you just kept your window up. Yeah. And stopped. I stopped because I had already stopped yeah. and I didn't see her. And then, yeah, I felt like I'd been yelled at by my mum. Like I got yeah. so embarrassed. Did you? Yeah. And then as I was like leaving the car park, she just stood there and like stared me down <laughs> the whole time. How old was this woman? She would have been like in her 50s, I reckon. And was she like a large or a frail looking woman? Just average, just I would say. Just a normal size yeah. lady? Yeah. Like who definitely could have like moved out of the way of my car. Like it wasn't going, I was just like rolling back to see what was, you know. See, I definitely would not have taken that beating. Yeah. I would have wound my window down and yelled back. Would you? 100%. Really? Yeah. I, mean, like, I would have been like real psychotic. Oh, yeah, right, oh, mate. You could fucking walk faster. <laughs> or just like stopped and get like, yeah, you know, or just get stopped. out of the way. Like, if, like you said, you were parked in between two four drives. You couldn't see everything. Yeah. And my reverse like lights were on. Oh. But and I know she, you're supposed to give way to yeah. pedestrians, but... And I mean, I would. I wouldn't just go if someone <laughs> was standing behind me, but I didn't she see her. She wasn't there when you saw her last. No. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe that's another good question. We've got two good questions now. We've got the Berkeys right, and the Crocs. And then the other one is in a road rage incident that someone else started, would you yell back or would you take the beating? <laughs> I'm going to call that. Would you... Yeah, I'd call that a... Even though she wasn't in a car, I'd still call this a road rage incident because you were in a vehicle. Like, I was scared she was writing my number plate down or something to, I don't know, she was just... Oh, I'm going to take it to the cops, dickhead. Yeah, that's what she was like, though. <laughs> I was like, fuck, lady, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, and the other thing I think when people are like that is like, <clears throat> she's having a bad day. Yeah. For her to react like that, either she's had a bad life or a bad day. <laughs> Either one. Nearly smushed her in the car park. (laughs) Nearly made her have a very bad rest of her life. (laughs) And me also. (laughs) Or a very short end to her life. (laughs) It would have been bad for both of you. So what are we talking about today, Larry? Well, it is now Women's Health Week. Yeah, we we peaked early. We peaked very early. Um, We're going to talk about... Is this the last day of Women's Health Week? What's the date? It's Friday. Um, We're going to talk about pain, I think. Yeah. Which is very, um, I, 
have le- I feel like I've learned so I always tell people I feel like I've learned so much since I've known you um as to what's yeah what pain's about and mm. it's just so much deeper than I ever thought it it could be yeah so fascinating pain um and we're going to talk about you we are you and you and pain and you and what you know about pain um maybe let's start with why did you want to get into working with pain um i i have endometriosis so when i i think i was probably about 12 um when i started first getting pretty severe pelvic pain um around the time when I was getting my first period I didn't know that at the time obviously but I ended up in hospital a couple of times just in um, pain just from pain. pain yeah but being really unwell as well um yeah I used to get lots of like bladder and kidney infections and yeah just pain but it would be like um I'd get like really dizzy and faint from it and be quite like fainty and low blood pressure like that kind of reaction to it so I ended up in hospital a couple of times didn't know at the time but in retrospect like in the lead up to getting my first ever period um yeah and things all just went downhill from there really so what is endometriosis <clears throat> so it's a pelvic pain condition so you've got in your uterus you've got a line a la- layer of lining and every time you get a period that's what the blood is it's the shedding of that lining in people with endometriosis um we don't really know how or why but that lining gets outside of the uterus and implants itself in different places in the body so when you go through a period everything gets like inflamed and then sheds the same thing is happening everywhere else in your body where you have that endometrial tissue so they found it in people's brains in cadavers like it can be around your lungs around your bowel around your bladder and yeah they found it up in people's brains as well and we don't know why some people have it or yeah what, there's a few the... theories i don't think anything has been confirmed um whether it's an autoimmune disease um genetic factors definitely um as to how it ends up out there not sure um yeah don't know and what are the main i guess symptoms that people with endo have most women will initially start getting like seeking help because of period pain um and it's not like pain's really hard to quantify because everyone experiences it so differently but it's the type of pain that you couldn't push through most of the time like missing days of work and or school um, when you're younger and just like not being able to participate in life so that like that level of pain so my experience with period pain um it's like not sharp and aggressive yeah. and like stabby it's like a constant ache sometimes that ache feels like a low level labor pains yeah is it is endo pain similar or is it very stabby i think everyone's pretty different, different. Yeah. yeah um and it probably varies for everyone like month to month day to day week to week um but yeah mine is quite sharp when i get it yeah. bad yeah yeah and you experienced symptoms from the age of 12 when Mm -hmm. did you figure out that you got that you had endometriosis um so then i got formally diagnosed at 19 when i was at uni so you can't get diagnosed without surgery um so you can have yeah you can't have a formal diagnosis without having surgery so that's a really big um like off-putting thing i think for women like we can try and manage it as best we can, but we can't get that formal definitive diagnosis until you have surgery. And the average time for a woman to get diagnosed is, I think it's about nine years, seven to nine years at the moment. It's getting a little bit shorter. I was quite lucky in that my mum has endo as well. So we kind of knew that that's what it was from from the get-go. Um, but yeah, even, even though we had that family history, it was, still took me seven years to get a proper diagnosis and to get into a doctor who would do something about it um which is the biggest the biggest thing with it i think women aren't really listened to when it comes to pain Mm. which sucks and Um, i guess like especially if they don't know anyone else that has it in their family they would just be like this is period pain like every other female experiences maybe i'm just a pussy because i can't take it as much as everyone else but it's actually so different yeah and it's and like it's so hard because you can't see it so you don't know that what you're going through is not normal compared to what your mom or your sister or whatever your friends are going through so that's really hard then to 
talk about with a doctor, for example, because you can't be like, look, this is it. It's not like a number or a thing that you can see. It's just an experience. Mm. And we know in the literature, because we are women, our experiences are downplayed quite a lot, Um, you know, because we're emotional and we're hysterical and like we can't take pain as well as men can take pain. So there's all these factors in play, unfortunately, that mean that we don't get diagnosed early. But it's getting better. It's getting, I think it's getting better. People are talking about it a lot more. Yeah, um, yeah I think so. And I don't know if that's, <clears throat> like it seems to me like it's getting better because I have you around mm. and having you around means like um, also like you having this, like you've helped other people here get diagnosed mm. with it. You've helped people go and, you know, see see doctors and get through the first stages of being diagnosed. So there's lots of other people that I know here that have it now. So I guess it feels to me like it's being talked yeah. about more, but that's probably just because just we talk about here, it more. Yeah, we talk about it. Yeah, exactly. And pain is a really big factor. There's so many other symptoms that women get. So like really irregular periods can be one of them. Um, really heavy periods can be another one. Fatigue is a huge one and mental fatigue is a huge one as well. And that can be from just coping with the pain like that takes a lot out of someone going through that all the time um and for me I had a huge fear of like being unreliable I think we talked about that when I first started working because I was like if this like if I have the 5 30 class and I am having a day like there's nothing I can do about it and I just hated that yeah that unpredictability of it I guess mm. um and then sexual health is another huge 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 impact in women's lives so it hurts to have sex? Yeah, not for everyone with endo, but definitely in my experience, definitely, yes. And that's a symptom <clears throat> from endo? Yeah, so when someone's in pain, um, and particularly pelvic pain, in women it's such a – it's already a very vulnerable thing, um, anything to do with the pelvis. And then when it's vulnerable and it's painful – our body responds to that by being like, oh, that was a threat. I'm going to protect you against that threat next time. And your pelvic floor muscles go into a little bit of a spasm. And then that happens again and again and again and again. And eventually your body's like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and it makes it so painful that like doing, having sex is yeah, really, really uncomfortable. So when, when did you figure that out? And when did you do something about that? I think I didn't always have issues. Like I've gone through like peaks and troughs of endo, my endo pain throughout the years, which I'm sure is very related to other stuff going on in life, but it got the worst. Um, So I had my first surgery at 19 and then I had another one just after I started working here. So it would have been maybe like 2018, I reckon. And I think around that time was the worst for me in terms of um, pain with sex. Um, and that's probably when I started working a little bit more in pelvic floor stuff. So just from, I guess, reading stuff and knowing stuff, I could kind of put two and two together and figure it out. out. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's hard. It's Mm. like a very emotional, um, process to go through something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so (laughs) my original question that led us to this was, um, no, it's fine. It's great tangent that we just went on. Um, how you started working in it and so you you experienced endo and that's how you ended up here yeah and so I um went to uni did my normal physio degree and right at the end of it we had like a one day uh, I don't even know what it was like a pain physio came in and gave us like a day's like workshop and lectures and stuff and I was like this stuff's fucking cool like this is so interesting just the whole I've always been really interested in psychology and people and physio obviously and it's just kind of all that stuff mushed together like there's so much psychology behind pain and persistent pain um but then I also had this experience of endometriosis and you know going to doctors and gynecologists and stuff from a really young age and not having a great experience with that so I knew that I always wanted to work with women in that field and then um once I started that I was like I can do this plus pain and that's really cool it's like everything I'm interested in one little niche area Mm. which is awesome and now you specifically work with pain yeah yeah which is um great it's very heavy stuff a lot of pelvic pain um comes from not all of it but a lot of it comes from trauma so people having bad experiences with sex or bad experiences with 
doctors, for example, in that area creates this big pattern of pain avoidance behaviors and that over time can manifest into really severe pelvic pain um lots of like rape and sexual trauma as well so that's the stuff that i really enjoy working with now um just helping women with that because i just you know i've obviously not experienced anything that bad but just understanding how shitty that process can be um yeah i really like that yeah yeah i find it really interesting it's wild yeah for a very broad question Mm. what what is pain how do you explain that i'm so glad that you asked (laughs) i've got the actual definition here oh nice sorry we didn't even talk about this i was like i'll bring this up because i always forget to say the right thing um it is physical and emotional experience so i think the emotional is really important like we always equate pain to being a physical experience Mm. but the emotional experience is equally as if not more so important than the physical experience so something happens to us um, we have lots of receptors all over our body that information we don't have pain receptors though so you i can't like cut you and be like oh your pain receptor felt that you've got touch temperature chemical receptors so those receptors are always working and talking to your brain. So they pick up something that's happened to you, send that information to your brain, and then your brain puts it into context with everything else that's going on in there and spits out an output, which might be pain, for example. Um, and so your brain would be like, cool, I've got this information coming in that she's being touched with a really sharp object and I can feel warm blood on her skin and she's looking at it and seeing those things. So it puts two two and two together and goes, yep, you've cut yourself. Um, And so that brain experience is really, really important when we're trying to understand pain because your previous belief system, the way you were brought up, the environment you're in, that all dictates what you feel. So where my brain goes right now is like so like as when you're a little kid and you fall over and skin your knee Mm -hmm. and then your mum goes like let's just say two very different types of upbringing your mum could go all right get up shake it off you're okay and not give you anything verse um oh honey come here you've scraped your knee are you okay all of that can help how you actually feel and perceive pain yeah it just helps to model yeah the way that you experience it and that's just one factor yeah. of many factors over yeah. your entire life, how that can yeah. happen. And we know that um, when you've got um, unfavorable things going on in life, like let's say you're not sleeping very well or you're really, really stressed for some reason or you're going through like a relationship breakdown and you experience something that is painful, it's very highly likely that your experience is going to be worse because of those emotional factors. Um, and that's often what we see when we're looking at pain particularly pelvic pain it's never just what's going on in the pelvis it's the stuff that's going on in life and with painful sex for example it's like okay it hurts when I have sex so because we're not having sex my partner and I are fighting because of that there's a huge relationship strain and like that all just becomes this big cycle of of shit really that we have to try and break down and figure out how we can help that person so crazy yeah it's so interesting and my personal experience with um what you just said like how pain can be different depending on what you're going through this is self-inflicted pain but i know that i can relate with tattoos Mm -hmm. so everyone everyone will ask me well not everyone people ask me what was the most painful spot and it's never a spot it's like i feel like it's so dependent on i even think like time of the month Mm -hmm. Um, and like you just said, sleep, stress, all the other stuff, I think has more of an impact rather than a place, a specific place on the body. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause yeah, like, yeah. And, and it's almost like you, um, like the last time I got tattooed, it was two days in a row. And if like the, the first, first day, first touch, I was like, oh no, this is going to be so, gonna be so bad. bad. <laughs> And then after about five minutes, it settles down. Yeah. And then if I go for a break, like a toilet break or a lunch break, same thing. I come back. I'm like, oh, this is a bad spot. It's going to be so bad. And then it settles down. So it's almost like my brain's like, no, we're cool. We're yeah. staying here. We, know, we remember what this is. Yeah. This is going to be okay. okay. So yeah. yeah, it's just so, so fascinating it's and interesting. So in- it's yeah. It Yeah. I love it so much. It blows my mind every time um, like new research comes out or we learn something new about pain in the brain. But I think it's getting 
it's leaning so much more towards this holistic approach, which is awesome. Like we're now looking at whole people and their life experience rather than, oh, like you have endometriosis. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really important and really, really cool. And I think we see it a lot in the gym, like with different humans Mm -hmm. and how they handle pain. Like I talk about, um, (laughs) I'll say his name on the podcast. I don't think we've ever talked to him about about him on the podcast. Kyle, Mm -hmm. um, one of the girl's husbands here. He will hurt himself and he should be like lying on the floor in pain, rolling around. If it was me, he would be rolling around in pain on the floor. He's like, no, I just have a bit of fucking bursitis in my hip and I'm just going to squat 200 kilos. It's fine. (laughs) Like different people have different experiences. And then that's like, it's so interesting how people like someone can like just, you know, brush it off, even though they might actually be in a lot of pain. Yeah. Versus someone else who's like holding their arm if they felt their shoulder have a little tweak, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and then they can possibly not move their arm again for the rest of the like week. Yeah. It's just so fascinating how different, different people feel it. Yes. And that all comes down to like our belief system around pain. So someone like the example you gave of someone who felt a little tweak in their shoulder then was terrified to do anything generally their outcomes are going to be a little bit worse than someone who doesn't have that initial response because their brain's immediately gone oh fuck like we're in danger here we need to stop everything like this is not good versus the person who's like oh yeah that hurt a little bit but I know that I'm safe Um, and so two really different responses will give us two very different outcomes in terms of like rehabbing a patient and yeah it comes down to people's pain beliefs and understanding of pain and like what it is and what it's there for can people correct it so if someone is um maybe a bit um what's the word like their belief system is a little bit um (laughs) over the top yeah yeah Yeah. like can they is like is there any um like exercises they can do is there anything you can recommend to help people like correct that yeah i think more calm learning about pain is touching feet (laughs) (laughs) um i think learning about pain has to be the first step for everyone who's in that kind of cycle, who's got an injury or whatever, um, because knowledge is power. Like the more you understand about pain and why it's there and how we treat it, the better it's going to be. But that's really hard because we're going back now to like what happened when you're a kid and you got in, you know, it comes down to this like big psychological deep dive we've got to do to figure that out, which is a really hard process. Mm. And then it's like trying to change someone's mind about something they made up 30 years ago. So that can be really, really tough, both as like a clinician teaching that and as a patient trying to take that new information on. So when you say learn, like the first step is learning about pain, is there anywhere where you can point someone to go? Like what do they do? um, So the leading researchers in Australia at the, well, my favorite ones anyway, it's called the NOI group. So N-O-I, I'm actually just going on the website now. Um, The NOI group. NOI group. And And they're a bunch of what? They're two pain researchers, basically. Um, Lorimer Mosley is yeah a bit of a god in the pain world Mm -hmm. um it's just really cool that they're from australia but they started this movement called explain pain Mm. i don't know how many years ago maybe like 10 years ago or a little bit longer um and they i think were the first people that really broke that really complicated pain science down into stuff that we could explain and understand um so their stuff is like gold wow it's so cool cool. and so there's a lot of stuff on their website that people can look at and learn about yeah and then youtube as well like look up any lectures and they've done a couple of ted talks on persistent pain as well which are really good love a good ted talk talk. and there's a video i think it's called explain pain in five minutes and Mm -hmm. it's like just like a really quick overview Mm -hmm. um of what pain is and why we have it and what we need to do about it and then really cool so you yourself have switching gears. You have a ongoing injury mm. in your back. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain the difference between acute and chronic pain and everything in mm. between? Um, so acute pain is pain that is there like immediately following an injury. So something that's been there for three months or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to be expected. So if let's say you um fall down a rope and roll your ankle for example why did you use that as an example just an example um that bitch is acute pain (laughs) acute 
and you've like come down pretty hard on your ankle and it's gone like the wrong way and you mm-hmm. heard a bit of a pop. You're going to you, scream and say you're going to shit yourself. Yeah. Like, like you're in a lot of pain. And you'd expect to feel pain and you should feel pain in that mm-hmm. instance. And that tissue takes about 12 weeks to heal. Yeah. So that's just normal tissue healing rates for the human body. Like Can if you <laughs> if you break your arm, it's going to take six to 12 weeks for that bone to heal itself. That's normal. When we start to see that pain persisting past that point. So let's say you fall off the rope and do your ankle. And then six months later, you're still in a significant amount of pain. That's what we'd call chronic or persistent pain. Mm-hmm. So we know that the tissue healing has happened. The body's fixed itself because it, it does. It's amazing. It can do that for us, but we're still feeling pain. Mm, why? Well, lots of reasons, <laughs> but um, basically the nervous systems, we have nerves all over our body and they're, like I said before, they're constantly giving our brain information. Once we've had an injury, the nerves in that area get really excitable and they're telling our brain constantly because it wants to protect that area. Um, that doesn't stop. So sometimes once the tissue has healed, those nerves forget that they don't have to do that anymore and they keep telling our brain all this information all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is what the basis of persistent pain is really. And how long have you had a chronic back injury for now? Pain, not injury. What are we now? September. So it's been 10 months, almost 10 months. 10 months. Yeah, I heard it in November last year. And how does this differ to endo pain for you or anything else that you've experienced like how is it different um see my back um backs suck (laughs) backs do suck why do backs suck um because we the the nervous system uh supply in that area is really big so our spinal cord sorry spinal cord is a very vulnerable area we don't want to injure that so because of that our protection mechanism is that those nerves are very active in that area, telling us information about what's going on constantly, which is a good thing. It's keeping us safe. Um, But then it also feeds into our beliefs as humans about back pain, um, which is another like huge deep dive. But think about how many people in your life have hurt their back and the things that they say about it. Oh, I've, my disc is popped out, you know, what slipped my disc and now it's like it, pinching on my nerves and I can I've never deadlift got, again yeah like, like that's that's what I did that's what I heard it yeah doing. our society just has this core be- set of beliefs around back pain that's not necessarily untrue but just way more amplified than it needs to be um and that's kind of ingrained in us I think so back pain becomes persistent quite easily because of all of those factors do you know the stats on um adults that have experienced chronic back pain? Oh, I don't know about chronic, but I know that I think it's one in two will get some kind of back pain in their in lower the, back pain in their life, but I don't know about persistent back pain. Interesting. But it's also a very Western world thing. Yeah. You told me this not long yeah, ago. So Didn't in, you say like no? I think there's no or very little in developing countries. There's almost no reports of persistent back pain. And Why? Again, I think lots of factors. Um, we're very privi- privileged, the lives that we lead, I think. And something like back pain stops us from doing things that we have the privilege of enjoying, like training, for example, or like doing fun things on the weekend. People in developing countries, um, us in survival mode a lot. Um, so we think it's something to do with that. Priorities and quality of life and all of those things are just very very different so basic human needs are not being as met as ours so we almost create bigger problems because our basic needs are our bodies just are used to being in a certain way and having certain things to serve it i think and theirs are not so Mm. i think there's some some link there that's definitely yeah so fascinating which is yeah it's yeah it's crazy it is it is so crazy so i think i cut you off and asked you a different question before you before i asked you how's it different yeah how's it different um i guess for me at the moment it's like it's stopping me from doing the things that i love which sucks so that's like wait like yeah it's just such an emotional roller coaster i came off nationals where i did really well um 
And I think it was the next weekend I did my, like I hurt my back. So I'd gone from riding this like absolute high um, and then, you know, planning for our comps this year, I really wanted to try and qualify for some national teams this year, which I think I was on track to do. Um, and then that, yeah, has kind of taken all of that away, which mm. has been really, really tough. So I think that's the being the biggest difference is that it's prevented me from doing a lot of things, mm. which has been really hard. Things that you care about more than a yeah, lot. most things. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember you saying at the beginning it was, I just need to get this back back better so mm. I'm ready mm. and we're still here 10 oh, here months we later are. <laughs> yeah and how like with your knowledge and everything you know about pain do you think do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that you have all that all of this knowledge Ooh, about what it question. is with your current injury I think can I call it in, is it no it's no it's not an injury because oh, it's not there anymore no. so or it is there. Yeah, it's we don't like, even... yeah, it's there, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say injury. Yeah, we'll call it that. Um, I think it's a good thing because I, as emotional as it has been deep down, I know what it is. I think it would be really, really scary and I can empathize with my patients so much more now to go through something like this and like I understand that it's okay, that everything in there is okay. Nothing bad is going on anymore. Um, I've still got a couple of things that we're looking at, but nothing, there's nothing bad. And there never really has been. I've had a couple of disc bulges, but nothing, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, I think for someone going through this who didn't have that knowledge, it'd be fucking terrifying because the level of pain, like I can't even – yeah, it just, it's so wild that you can have so much pain and have nothing tangible on a scan, like nothing big that's tangible on a scan. So you feel I think, a bit crazy if you didn't know. Absolutely. And then I can understand now why patients feel like no one's listening to them because as a physio, you look at the scan and you're like, yeah, like, yes, there's some stuff there, but everyone has this stuff. Um, and not that we dismiss it, but we just know that it's going to be okay. But to try and convey that to a patient who's in that much pain and that much fear, like that's really tough. So I think I'm grateful that I know all the things I know. Um, but I think sometimes knowing that much can be really hard as well. Cause like, I know it's just going to be a fucking long time now. And that's kind of hard to come to terms with as well. I think when you're in it, you're just like grateful for every day. That's a little bit better, but I'm just like, can you fucking hurry up? But I also know you can't hurry it up. It just is what it is now. So I think, both both yeah good and bad and then you as a person I remember when you talked about before your first um and oh no second endosurgery mm. was when you first started mm-hmm. around the time you first started working here and I remember I didn't know you super well when you first started working here but I remember some days you were just like super quiet mm. and like super lack of eye contact mm. like and I was like, is she mad at me for something? Does she hate me? Yeah, like what? So yesterday she was fine. Today she's a bitch. Like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on? And I soon realized, like, after asking you, like, are you okay? What's yeah. going on? And you would then, like, after a few, a few <laughs> prods, you'd be like, I'm just in pain today. I'm yeah. having an endo flare. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And then you'd tell me about it. I was like, okay. And then when you hurt your back similar thing mm. you'd be like you you go so in mm. when you're in pain and you look angry yeah I feel angry yeah <laughs> and but you go very internal yeah. and you just like avoid eye contact with especially I think with people that care about you mm. you avoid more eye contact have you always been like that when you're in pain do you no, I've not, yeah I, I guess so like um, you, you you experience endo pain from 12 and I don't know what other pain you had prior to that but did you do the same throughout that period like would you go quite internal I can't remember really but probably yeah I just I don't know your like your um reaction to pain is in yeah yeah do you think that because of your job do you find that common or less common? Ooh, I think people because of your real job, not your job here. Yeah. Real job, yeah. All right, we're not lycra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not fun jobs. <laughs> um, I think 
I think mental health, well, I know that mental health and pain go hand in hand. And I think some people, um, me included, really, really impacts my mental health and really has, particularly since this back injury. So I think days when I'm in pain, um, my mental health is a lot worse and I find it harder to cope. Um, and so I think if I can just avoid, I can't avoid people here, but if I can avoid talking to people about it, like I feel like I won't break, but sometimes it's like the pain is, it's, it's much better now. It was very bad at the start. I'm much better now, but, um, yeah, I felt like that would just be like the tipping point. I think like it was just me trying to keep it together. Keep it in. Yeah. And when you see people, would you say like nine times out of 10, when you see patients, do they cry? Yeah. 10 times out of 10. ten times, yeah. I say nine out of 10. Nine out of 10. Yeah. yeah. And do you think if, or like, well, when you go see people in the professional fields, do mm. you do that as well? Do I cry? Yeah. Um, I've cried afterwards, like, yeah. uh, after, yeah, after specialist appointments and then after all of my injections, I've had a little cry in the car. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's just yeah. like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. I, yeah, I think it's, I find your way of dealing with pain fascinating because I'm quite the opposite. Find yours fascinating. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in pain. <laughs> I'm hurting. <laughs> Help. Ouch. <laughs> Bend over. <laughs> oh, my fucking back. Sorry, Candice. I know you've been dealing with this for 10 months. Oh, my back. <laughs> I think that's just our two personalities, like in a nutshell, really. Yeah, it's how we experience back pain. It's <laughs> <Just> life. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, it's super interesting. It but is. yeah, for me, I think it's just become a bit of a coping mechanism. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 It's been, yeah, it's been tough. Absolutely. Mm. I can't imagine. And I think, I think another thing that I'm trying to get at here is how you, deal with pain means that people around you don't know that you're in pain yeah I found that pretty hard this week to be honest we've got um a comp coming up this weekend that a lot of people are going down to and particularly new people around the gym like you competing this weekend I'm like motherfucker no I wish I was do you not know what (laughs) I've been through for the past 10 months that would be me not known but then also i'm like obviously you don't know yeah. and it's i think it's hard because i can train there's like a handful of things i can do like i'm good on the bike fuck yeah. can bike can burpee can chest bar and toaster bar like they're just like i can do combinations of those things now which is really cool and people see that and they're like yeah. oh she's fine her back must be good now and i was lifting up until probably like 10 days ago i had another little flare up again so yeah, from the outside looking in, I know it looks like I'm doing a lot, but it's very tightly managed at the moment. Yeah. It's like literally like you can lift this much weight for this many reps and then stop. Mm. And then sometimes even that's too much and we need to pull back for a little while. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I find it hard to be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but really, obviously, not everybody can you knows. Not see my pain? <laughs> see what I'm going through? <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing with you. Like, you can't. And I think the more pain you're in, the more in, like I just said, yeah. the more in you yeah. go. So, the less people know about it. Yeah, I've not really realized that I did that until I called um, you out. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until you saw me in pain yeah. <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> like, wow. Well, this is different. very different. <laughs> Hilarious. It looks and sounds different. <laughs> you can actually see her pain. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, dear. Um, so is there – what do you want if you – like right now you mm. have a, a voice on a platform. What do you want people to know about pain or when people are going through pain? What do you want people to know? Good one. Um, if it's an acute injury, <clears throat> you're probably going to be okay. Tissues take six weeks to heal. So don't panic in the first six weeks. You just have to let your body do what it does and that's repair, recover. The best things you can do is keep training, do things that don't hurt, stop trying to piss it off all the time and stop trying to rush the process. Give it that six weeks. Because you can can do too much and then you can prolong that process. And pain is a really good, in that first kind of period, it's a really good um, limiter. It will let you know when it's unhappy and you just have to listen to it for that first little while. After that first six weeks, we can start pushing things along just a little bit 
still listening to your pain, but being happy to push it along just a little and see what you can actually tolerate. Because remember, your body's always going to warn you before tissue damage happens. Yes, that's a good, yeah, say that again. Your body will always warn you before actual tissue damage happens. So, so you, what you're saying is you're going to feel pain before there's an actual problem. A really long time before there's a problem because that's our built-in protection system. When that pain has been going on for a really long time, that tissue warning system happens even earlier. So my back at the moment, for example, because it's been there for so long, I get warned really early that something might be wrong soon, but I know that that's not true anymore. So it's learning how to deal with that and listen to it. But yeah, in those first six weeks, particularly, um, keep training, keep moving, stop panicking. I know it's really hard, but just be grateful for all the things you can do at the moment. And there's so many, like there's so many of them. Even when I'm having the worst day ever, there is nothing like some echo bike sprints to make you feel alive. Yeah. You know, there's just so much you can do. Yeah. And like, yeah, your belief system and your thoughts around your injury are really important. So you just, I know it's hard, um, but you need to try and flip things around just understand that there's a process and that you just have to listen to your body and be grateful for all of the things you can do and if you come to this gym or any gym hopefully um other trainers agree tell the fucking trainers that you're in pain make sure you talk about it don't just not show up to the gym come to the gym we can help you and we can you're not being a pain in the ass so one of the girls said that today in front of the whole class it's so (laughs) funny she's like (laughs) I'm actually in a lot of pain, but I just don't want to be a pain in the ass. I was like, stop what you're doing. It's hilarious. Stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let us know. Like, yeah. So we can help you and you're not being a pain. There's sometimes so much um, good stuff that can come from things like this. Like for me, it's been a massive chance to fix up, fix up a couple of weaknesses that I've got. Um, and like, you know, if you've hurt your back, maybe this is the time that you can work on something else. Like, a bench press or a strict pull-up PB or, you know, there's just there's just things. We just need to flip that story around a little bit and yep. put your focus on something else for a little while. Yeah, and it does suck not being able to do the same as everyone else yeah. in your peer group in your class. But if you really want to think about it like that, what's written on the board, 95% of people aren't doing it as written on the board yeah, anyway. So ever, really. Like you're still not doing the same as yeah. everyone else. So Ben Bergeron put out that. a really cool article this morning. I'll see if I can quickly find it. Yes, yeah, on um, morning chalk up about that stuff. Oh, nice. Um, sorry, my my blocking app is just taking a while to load. <laughs> um, I'll ask you another question and, and keep that yep. up while it's. Is there anything? So that's um, what you want people to know about their pain. Mm. What about? Is there anything you want people to know, like? for someone who's close to them so Mm. for me um is there any any anything you would want um for someone who's who's knows someone close to them going through Mm. like an ongoing painful experience Mm. is there anything that they can do um they cannot do like is there anything that you know would help or or not help Mm. if that makes sense treating it a little bit more um like a mental health condition at that point like not like a mental health condition but understanding that that they go hand in hand once it becomes persistent pain um i think is helpful because they're going to withdraw and they're going to cancel on you and they're gonna you know do all of those things that people do when they're going through some stuff um and it's it sucks, but they go hand in hand. So I think just understanding that is really important. Um, yeah. And just, just making sure they're getting help, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Checking in on them, making yeah. sure they're doing okay. All yeah. that stuff. Like the incidence of depression and low back pain is like huge. It's huge. They go hand in hand. Oh, hand in hand. Yeah. Once it becomes persistent pain, just about everyone has depression at the same time. So wild. Mm. Yeah. And then, yeah, you can imagine people that aren't healthy aren't fit don't take care of themselves get a back injury get depressed that would be so much worse yeah and not getting that outlet of like the endorphins that you get from training yeah like 100 and like yeah training or finding something that's going to give you that release every day is so important mm. and yeah you're right like they're the people that end up with the persistent persistent pain because they're just stuck in that cycle and they can't get out of it so sad it's really sad it's really really awful what do you got there um so ben bergeron i don't know why we haven't talked about benny in a while i know daddy benny i'm back on i'm back on the podcast oh nice yeah i haven't listened to it quite good the last couple of ones okay um so he i think he was talking about 
Yes, he when he first started training, he had a bunch of different injuries. Anyway, this quote is, you do not need to do what everyone else in class is doing. You do not need to impress anybody, including yourself. You just need to show up, not complain, and then come back again tomorrow for more. I love that. I fucking love it. And yeah, like, yeah, we have these conversations with people all the time. Like, not every day, this is taking a right turn, but not every day is going to be a fun day at the gym and that's okay. You'll always feel a little bit more... Like you feel better at the end always pretty much. I don't think I've ever spoken to someone who hasn't felt like, yeah. was, you know, yeah. I'm glad I did that. But some days you, it's okay to not want to go. Just go anyway. Just show up anywho. Yep. It's all good. It's going to be good. Yeah. And just, just, yeah, just be so grateful that you have things that you can do. Yep. Because Even when you think that there's not, come yeah. and talk to us. There's yeah. always there's something always, to do. And maybe it's not going to be very fun for a little while, but it's better than doing absolutely nothing, which is the alternative. Our rule, if you can drive, you can train. Mm-hmm. So if you can get in the car and drive your own vehicle, then we will find you something to do mm-hmm. when you get here. Mm-hmm. I promise you I that. have a collection of <laughs> bike workouts. Yeah, and you've been helping one of our members who's had um, – a surgery recently mm. on her arm and and before that it was her knee mm-hmm. um and she's been out been without a couple of limbs for a while and she's still showing up yep. most days of the week yeah. and still fucking killing it by yeah. the way katie we fucking legend anyone on a fucking erg bike oh my god sure. i tried to race her once <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> no it wasn't a race i tried to keep up with her once that was a mistake yeah katie you're a monster do that this is so impressive <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit scary yeah she's very good um but yeah prime example like she's currently without a leg and without an arm yeah. but still still showing up she and showed up today and we did bike and plank fuck yes you did yeah and yeah like obviously she she'd be going through it mentally as well like i can't imagine every day she looks forward to showing up mm-hmm. but she's still showing up maybe we should get katie on the podcast yeah. one day katie if you're listening to this <laughs> start prepping <laughs> Start writing some questions. <laughs> oh shit! Anything else? That was you know. Guess how long that was that you just talked about yourself for? And I, you're not you you're not from me. Yeah, I'm hiding oh. from me. Uh, Forty minutes. That was a pretty good guess. Forty-seven. Ooh, yeah, okay. it's a pretty good, pretty good guess. Mm. No, you don't like talk about yourself mm. that much. So proud of you, babes. Didn't cry. Did Didn't be- cry. I saw a few lip quivers yeah, in there every right now and then. I was pulled like, it back. Yeah, pulled it back. And I was like, wait, push her. <laughs> Push her off the ledge. Doesn't and then take I was like, much at the no. moment. And I was like, no, don't, don't do it. You won't know what to do if she yeah. cries on the podcast. <laughs> what would you do? I think, I think would you stop it? Nah. No, no, God, going. no. I'd fucking, fucking roll. <laughs> I'd roll with it. Cry. <laughs> Cry for the views. No. <laughs> Anything for, for the, the likes. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, um, do you have anything else? Anything else on any of that? No, any, any tears? I don't think so. No tears. No tears. I think I'm done now. Uh, no. Not so. good. Is there anything else we have to talk about? Or no, we just have um, butterfly effect competition this weekend. So everyone's heading down to the Goldie. Thirty bitches at the Gold Coast. Yeah. What could what go, go wrong? wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be great. It's yeah. gonna be really fun. It'll be good. Um, so most of us are going down tomorrow night, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Staying for a couple of nights and the comp's on Sunday, so we'll come home on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, you are my emotional support person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not coming in at 5.30, I'm yeah. sorry. No, you're not really my emotional support. I'm fine. Hannah's coming back. Hannah's back tonight. Back in the land of Oz. She's currently in an aeroplane. Yeah. And she's competing with me on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we're all riding down together on, on Saturday. Yeah very exciting weekend yeah, ahead it's a lot of people a lot of people in yeah you're gonna be all right yeah. i'll be your emotional support yeah. person by the end of it <laughs> yeah i think so much people okay. in. i'm just looking forward to getting a tan okay that's what i'm oh got. it's a long long trip for it like i mean we could do that here <laughs> no it'll be a long day different, in the sun different tanning it's, yeah gold coast sun Forced is very tanning. different it's a very different sun <laughs> that is thinner down there <laughs> oh funny um do you have a question no. What was today's? Oh, no, it wasn't that fun. Um, do we have any funny ones this week? I don't know. Have a look. I can't fucking remember. Have a look before we hang up. We hang up like we're <laughs> on, on the phone to each other. Okay. Oh, yeah. This. So I don't know who started this in the gym. What is your personality animal? Oh, this was Sarah, Anna and... Sim? Simmy. I think oh, yeah, it was Sim. Sim was the one who started it. Yeah. 
Not surprising, Simi. Love your brain. Um, I couldn't think of one for me. And then I made Anna. She has a knack for this. She has a knack. She could open a service that does this, I feel. (laughs) Like card readings and personality animals. (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, I feel like she nailed it. Because I was like, I wonder what sort of animal I am. And then she said gorilla. (laughs) And I was like, yes, that is exactly who I would want to be. Yeah. Yeah. she's all fucking talk <laughs> i mean she gorillas will... are pretty fucking scary oh yeah yeah but you know she talks a big talks a big <laughs> talk and she fucking bangs her chest around yeah. a little bit yeah real assertive <laughs> <laughs> tries her hardest to be dominating yeah yeah and uh what did you think or you didn't know what no, you i had no yeah. idea and sarah said that you were a fucking lemur yeah like king julian King Julian. <laughs> no. And she was like, yeah, because you're really strong and fast. I'm like, I am not fast. And she's like, you're very fast. I'm like, I am not. Like, I do not consider myself fast. It's not a, not a word that comes to mind. Mm. Like, I'm not slow, but I don't think I'm – I wouldn't describe me as a fast person. Mm. Anyway, so I'm going to go with more with gorilla. Yeah. More fair. powerful and strong. <laughs> Fair enough, fair Raw. enough. Raw. Um, and then she asked you yours. Yeah, I didn't know what mine was, but Anna... Nailed it again. again. said that I was a wolf. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take that. And my description of that was, she will fucking eat your babies in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> she won't tell Can anyone. Can hold a grudge, this lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can hold a grudge and she will fucking take your whole family when they're asleep. And she will... And will hide the bodies and you never know. <laughs> <laughs> She will slaughter them, but she won't tell. Like, I'll tell everyone. I'll be like, I'm going to kill you. Whereas Candice is like, I'm going to fucking destroy you and you're not even going to know. <laughs> it was so perfect. Uh, I think we should make this question of the day one day. Yeah, what's your personality <clears throat> animal? Yeah. Maybe no, we'll... we need Anna to come to every yeah. class and she will tell you. Anna, you must come tomorrow. <laughs> She will stand there and it will be Anna telling you your personality. You have to pay her five dollars. Yeah. It'll be like a little side hustle. Yeah. <clears throat> also, what was what was Sarah? A dolphin. <laughs> or a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I said, mate, you're the two worst tattoos. <laughs> like tramp stamp tattoos. Yeah. yeah. Well, like Remember wrist. When everyone was getting like dolphin tattoos across their back and stuff. <sighs> Hot. Yeah. <laughs> or like the butterfly with like the tribal yeah, 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 wings yeah. off them. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> all right. Oh, I think that's anyway. all we have. All right. That was fun. Have a great time this weekend. Thanks for talking to me about um, all that. That was fascinating. And I feel like people will get a lot out of that. So that was great. Thanks. Good job, Lamy. Thanks. Bye. Bye.